The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss building brand affinity through high-quality, long-form video content. Joining us is Chris Savage, who is the founder and CEO of Wistia, which is a web-based software solution that helps marketers turn videos into brand advocates to grow their business. Now, more than 500,000 businesses across 50 countries depend on Wistia's products to build their brands and their business, including HubSpot, MailChimp, sponsor of the MarTech Podcast, Sephora, Starbucks, and my wife's favorite, Tiffany's. And today, Chris and I are going to discuss why brand affinity marketing is the future. Okay, here's my first conversation with Chris Savage, CEO of Wistia. Chris, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Excited to talk. I got to say, we're going to start off this conversation with a little bit of a, a rock fight here. I'm an audio guy. You do video. I always thought that audio was better because you can produce long form content and get it out there, but you don't have to pay for all the video editing. It's a pain in the ass and it gets really expensive. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Why? I mean, I think they're both incredible mediums and it just depends on the job you're trying to do with them. So video is an incredibly emotional medium. You can build a lot of trust in video because people can see things and judge with their own eyes if something is real or not. But I totally agree with you. I think audio is fantastic for bringing people into deeper conversations, think conversations that are going longer. And I think it kind of depends on what your audience wants. Like we live in a world now where people expect that when they search for something or they're looking, they're researching a topic or there's something they're excited about that they get to pick. Do they watch it? Do they listen to about it? Or do they read about it? And I think we have to give people all of those options. And I think it's, although not necessarily the same media and all those options, you don't need to have an hour long video and an hour long podcast and super long written version of something. But often like a five minute highlight thing in video will do a lot to help someone understand something. A long podcast will help and the right transcript and the right bullets can do an incredible job of helping someone like skim a piece of content. So it's really, I think it's all about what the audience wants and giving them the best possible experience you can. I'm so happy to hear an answer that was not sight, sound, and motion is the most impactful way to build content. That's what every video guy I've ever talked to says, whoa, you can see it and you can hear it and it moves. That means the conversions go up. And it's like, 
Uh, I don't know. Like, I get it how there's different fidelity, but I agree with you that there is a time and a place for video. There's long form video and short form video in the same place. There's a time and a place for podcast and audio as well and written content. Absolutely. We 100% agree on one thing. You know, I was perusing the Wistia website and a lot of it is how important the idea of long form content is for brands and how they can really build an audience and affinity. Talk to me about long form content and why brand affinity marketing is such a big deal today. First of all, it's a simple idea that brand affinity matters more than awareness. It's not enough to know that something exists anymore. People need to care about it. Like if they're going to talk about it, they have to believe in it, they have to care about it. And affinity is really around like, it's around building a relationship with somebody or building a relationship with a brand and those things take time. So talk to me about what you think is the difference between affinity and awareness. I think that's an important distinction. So if you have brand awareness, then people know what the name of your company is, usually, hopefully, and maybe they have an idea of what your company does. So if you're in a market with no competition, and you're the first thing, sometimes awareness can be enough. Like 10 years ago, that's what people would talk about. They'd be like the first product in a category. They'd be like, oh, I just need brand awareness. If I just get people to know what I do, then my business will be successful. But in a world with like far more competition, just knowing something is not enough. You actually have to have people who have affinity. And affinity is really just how strong is the connection between you and a brand? Back in my eBay days, I remember the, the heads of the brand team talked a lot about eBay's unaided brand awareness, that 98% of the people in the United States knew what eBay was just by seeing the logo. And so we didn't really need to focus on building awareness. What we needed to focus on was building affinity, make sure people like eBay's logo, that they have a good experience with the brand, that they think about it in the right way. And I do think that there is a funnel here with, are they aware of it? Do they like it? Do they need it? Do they like it more than the competition? And are, you know, can you actually get them through the marketing funnel? You're talking about using long-form content in a way that creates brand affinity. What do you mean by long-form content? I mean, really anything longer than 10 minutes. I think 15 minutes falls in the category. We live in a world with TikTok and five-second videos. Like That is very, very hard to build that affinity in those five-second videos. And I agree that you can try to build awareness. But we, I kind of have a theory that it's almost easier to build awareness today if you have a small group of people who have very high affinity for what you do. So podcasting, video shows, documentaries, films, like a really branded content. When people spend that much time with your brand, they have a shot of having a more rich and remarkable experience. And that can leave a deeper impression. So we don't really stand for ads for like a 30 second video, right? Like if I was putting out a bunch of 10 second ads trying to convince you to watch a 30 second video, you'd be like, this guy's insane. But if the new Christopher Nolan movie, which is coming out in July, depending on pandemic, but that's currently the movie that's coming out is like <laughs> Tenant, then like all the theaters may open for this or not. We will put up with trailers and ads and PR and all this context around that asset because we know it is a longer thing. We ascribe more value to it. And if we actually make it into it and it has a deep emotional connection on us, to us and it changes how we think, we'll look back on it really fondly. And I think you just have more of an opportunity to build a connection in that long-form relationship. And it's funny because we like to think we're in a world where people only want short bursts of things. But we also live in a world where our culture now is an internet culture. Every niche you could be into, there's like millions of other people who are into it. And they're all connecting in subreddits and Slack rooms and all this kind of stuff. Your podcast is a perfect example. Like 
who would have thought 10 years ago that you could build like such a vibrant audience just on people who care so much about MarTech that they want to listen to it on their way to work, when they are working out, whatever. It's because they actually care about it. It's like a true thing that brings them joy that they feel like will advance them in their careers, that they feel like will differentiate them, will entertain them. And that, I think, is just a very different world that we used to live in. And it allows us to go into really deep into topics. So why does this matter for brands? I, I get the idea that you can build affinity through a longer format, the longer conversation, right? You're not just capturing blips and snapshots and bursts, but you're actually getting a little bit of a deeper engagement. We're basically saying, hey, brands, go make a television show. Seems like a lot of effort, a lot of work, a lot of resources. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A lot of marketing that goes into it. Why does this have an impact? Why is it a worthwhile investment? It's having an impact because, as we all know, it's like there's more competition than ever because software is eating everything and software is hard to be defensible. That's your eBay example, like a marketplace where they got and built such a large marketplace that it became incredibly hard to compete with. But if you're not in a marketplace business, if you're in the SaaS business or direct-to-consumer business, it's easier and easier and easier for people to copy each other. It makes competing more expensive. And so we need to find ways where we can extend our product experience into the marketing, right? Like if someone buys your product and they love it, they have an incredible experience with it, they have great support, a great sales experience, it helps them do a job really well. Like over time, you can build a lot of affinity for a brand. And that's usually how we think about the building brand affinity is actually using a thing. And I think that long-form content is a way to extend that experience with the product by making content products. And that matters so much because if you can actually connect and build an audience, you don't have to rely on the paid tactics as much. And it really comes down to a lot of like simple things around production. You and I are doing this podcast. You're in your one-room office, right? Like I'm in the basement of my house because we're in a pandemic. And we're able to make content together, which is just like absolutely crazy. But if you told a random brand like, all right, let's go make a show 
that feels intimidating until you actually get to the specifics of what does the production look like? There's a good example of this company called ProfitWell, which is like seven different shows that they're making. Fantastic example of building brand affinity with content. And they figured out in some cases, they'll shoot an entire season of a video show in a day. And the way they do it is they have two people on camera. They do a ton of research, getting ready, like a lot of producing of what these episodes are going to be. And then in a day, they go through and they shoot 10 episodes in a day. And so suddenly the cost of production gets much lower because the concept of the show allows them to do that. So I think it's how you get creative in terms of how you're making the content can really change the cost structure and that can make it easier to get into. I think that the barrier to production is lowered. And I think that there's different shades of gray in terms of how professional you need the content to be to have it actually provide value. I don't need to shoot a Super Bowl commercial to have a YouTube show, right? I can actually record that, you know, what's Joe Rogan's podcast value? He's got a couple of cameras set up in his office and he sits down with a couple people with a microphone. It's a low production value. And he just basically sold that content for a hundred million dollars today. Good for him. Per year. Is it per year? Yeah. Shit. (laughs) So I guess the question is, when you think about building brand affinity, I understand why it works for some types of businesses. You know, we listed off some of your customers as HubSpot and MailChimp and Sephora. So I can take examples there of HubSpot, right? I understand the idea of how to build your connected marketing can be a show that is long form content where you're really getting into the details. MailChimp, how to do marketing automation can be a regular show. There's value. Sephora, how to put on your makeup and what are the different product reviews. I get it. But that doesn't necessarily fit for every type of product. An insurance company probably doesn't want to do a show about consumer insurance. That just doesn't seem necessarily super valuable. Who do you think is the right audience for developing brand affinity through video marketing? I've seen a lot of different companies. We have customers that are wine companies, that are airbrush makeup companies, optometry businesses, churches, museums, bikes, cookware, all very, very different industries. And I think the thing that makes them similar is that they've realized that investing in brand and being building a differentiated brand will help them stand out and build a strong company over the long term. So in all of those cases, there are like often visual things, they have a strong point of view kind of depends on like how strong of a point of view do you have? Because an average insurance company without a strong point of view, I agree with you, it's going to be hard to figure out like, how do you make really differentiated content that people want to care about? I just think most people don't care about watching 15 plus minutes about insurance. Well, you can't make it about insurance. That's the mistake. It can't be a show about your product. It has to be a show that showcases your values. Okay, so you're not necessarily going to create content specifically about what your product is. It is not a, hey, we're going to do a product demo every week. You're coming up with content that is meant to support your audience. What are some of the outcomes from producing this type of content? The most obvious ones that you should see quickly are going to be qualitative things. You know, people who mention to you, to your team in the sales process, the support process that they have been experiencing the content commenting on things, rates and likes, like those types of things are going to usually be the first things you see. What we've seen with the companies that have really gone deep on this is that you're going to start to measure the time spent with your brand, brand search, direct traffic, things that are clear indicators of people connect with your brand. And then you can start to look at like how much are they watching and listening and compare that to how they perform based on where they're in the funnel. Because the thing that I think is interesting about building brand affinity with content is that it can be for someone who's an existing customer. 
It could be for someone who's never heard of your company before or hasn't heard of your products. It could be someone who's evaluating your products currently. And it's going to have a different impact on people based on where they are, right? Like if it resonates with them and someone feels like they have a strong connection to your values, their customer, they're probably going to churn less and buy more. If they're evaluating to become a customer, they're probably going to convert at higher rates. And if they hadn't even gotten to that place of evaluating yet, I would bet that they're more likely to evaluate it. And this is what we've seen in the data is that companies that have figured out how to do this, like a good example is MailChimp. They have a ton of content under MailChimp Presents that feels very, very far afield from their brand. If you want to talk about things that like doesn't, they have nothing to do with email marketing. And yet it's the type of content that MailChimp would advertise on. So it's weird and it's out there and it's crazy. MailChimp kind of became famous with that serial ad, right? Where serial had nothing to do with marketing and yet they had an ad on that content and it really worked. And if you go look at the MailChimp content, it's very far removed. But even when people experience it and spend time with it, they act differently when they're in the funnel. Yeah, if we could all be so lucky to market on something that essentially makes an entire industry of content, good for you, MailChimp. I don't think that marketing on Serial is always something that we can depend on. I think that the biggest takeaway for me, or one of the things that I think is very important about building long form content to try to create brand affinity, is that you actually get to own the audience. And in content marketing in general, short form or long form, By owning the audience, you get to subtly and over time build in the various parts of your message into the content, right? It is essentially turning into the soft sell. And honestly, it's not something that we've really done on the MarTech podcast, but it was our original intent. I was going to create this podcast to be a lead generation tool for my consulting practice. And the idea was that by building an audience and interviewing smart people, I would also get to interject and hopefully sound smart as well, a little hit or miss sometimes, but people would start to build a relationship with me and I could continue to talk to them about what my products and services were. Instead, we went down a sponsorship model, but when you own the audience, you get to continually message to them appropriately. And I think that that's really one of the biggest things to think about when you're going down any sort of content building business is that you're not using this to try to get the advertisements out there in the same way that you would with performance marketing, where you're paying on a CPA basis, where you're evaluating it in a direct response basis. What you're doing is building a longer lasting relationship by being able to present your content to the same group of people routinely. I could not agree with you more. I feel like it's so easy to forget that to really build a large audience, you have to have an owned audience at the core to keep coming back. You could get stuff to whether it's through RSS or through email. And that like not thinking about building an owned audience when you're thinking about social is where I feel like we run into problems or people run into problems because the rules change on these different platforms, right? So it's like, you have your own audience, you can promote what you're making to these other places. You can try to engage people where they're at But ultimately, you can pivot what you're doing if you have a direct connection. And if you don't have the direct connection, it's so much harder to do that. And if you get 190 million listeners per month, you can make $100 million per year like Joe Rogan. Yeah, then it's easy. Lucky you, Joe. Congratulations. Yeah. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Chris Savage, CEO at Wistia, for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow morning, Chris and I are going to discuss how to build a memorable brand with binge-worthy content. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Chris, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is csavage, C-S-A-V-A-G-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is wistia.com, W-I-S-T-I-A.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. 
If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.